Good morning, everybody. About 19 years ago, my wife and I had been married just under a year, and she bought me a ticket to my very first Promise Keepers event. Uh, The problem was that event was out in Colorado, and I had never heard of Promise Keepers and didn't want to go. My wife bought me a ticket and said, I think you need to go to this conference. If you don't go to this conference, I think you need to find a new place to live. She was pretty serious. It got my attention. So my wife worked with another lady who bought her husband a ticket to this conference, and he didn't really want to go. So I flew to Colorado with a guy I didn't really know, and we had an interesting conversation on the way out there, like, who are you? And why did your wife buy you a ticket for this conference that you and I have not heard of and don't want to go to? So we got out to Colorado, got to a stadium filled with 70,000 men, all there for one reason, to learn how to love God and be the men that God wants them to be. And I was radically changed. It was one of those defining moments for me in my relationship with God. And I came home a different man. That began a journey for me of going to Promise Keepers for about 14 years straight. And we have an incredible opportunity, guys. We have Promise Keepers, not in Colorado this year, but we have it in Daytona Beach. So it's closer than it's ever been before. And we have a chance to go as a group of men from our church. There's, there's churches all over the area that are going to be taking men to this. So here's the deal. I think you should go. If you're married and your marriage is doing horrible, I think you should go. If you're married and your marriage is doing great, best it's ever been, I think you should go. If you're not married and hope to be married one day, I think you should go. If you are not married and could care less about ever being married, I think you should go. If you go to the bathroom standing up, I think you should go. Like, is that clear enough? All right, guys, I think you should go to this thing. It's been very valuable in my life, and I know that God can use it in your life as well. We've got a table set up at the back, and Tim Fleener is back there. So guys, before you leave, stop by, pick up a little bit of that information there. It's October 25th and 26th. It is, um, I think it's a Friday and a Saturday night. The cost is about $90, and guys, that's a small price to pay. to to go to something like this and to to hang out with each other on that weekend experience. We're actually going to stay the night down there in Daytona um, just so we're able to build some strong friendships and some strong bonds together. So again, guys, I think you should go to this. So stop by and talk to Tim before you leave for today. Now, today we're going to start a new series that I'm really excited about. Uh, There is this theme in the Bible that has been intriguing me for several years, It's a theme that works its way from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It is so prominent and so so visible in the Bible, and yet it's something that we often overlook. It's something that we often underestimate. We don't see its real value, and it's actually something that many of us act like we don't even need. We're like, ah, I I don't really need that. And yet, internally, we secretly crave this thing. Today, in the next four weeks, we are going to explore together the power of blessing and what God wants us to do with those blessings. 
So if you would, let's just bow together and pray before we start this series. God, I thank you for the incredible opportunity that we have this morning to gather as a church family and to dive into your truth found in the Bible. Lord, your word is what can transform our lives, and that's what you want for all of us, to be transformed by an interaction with Jesus Christ. Lord, today we're going to explore this power of blessing, something that is prominent in the Bible and something that you want to use to transform how we live and how we interact with others. So Lord, today, transform us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, to begin with, we don't use the word bless or blessing much in our culture. If you think about it, I mean, just shout out, like, when do we use the word bless? Somebody sneezes, yeah, somebody sneezes, we say, God bless you, when else? When you're eating. Yeah, my kids especially pray prayers of blessing when I'm in charge of dinner. Like, God, please, let this food become edible by the time it hits my mouth. So when we, when we pray, we often pray a prayer of blessing. Any, any other time? Bless your heart. Yeah, so if you, were, if you were with us for our video series that we had not long ago, we learned together that when someone says bless your heart, it doesn't mean what you think it means. It's probably not a great statement. So we don't use the word bless much in our culture, but in the Bible, it's used over 425 times. It's a prominent theme in the Bible. Now, in the Bible, blessing can involve giving someone a material possession or a privilege. It can involve speaking praises over that person or prophetically predicting God's favor on them, as if to say, hey, I predict some really cool things are going to happen in your world because of God. Blessing is something that the Old Testament priests used to do on a regular basis over the nation of Israel. It was something that fathers did for their oldest sons. When they wanted to pass on an inheritance to their son, they wanted to predict for them God's favor and predict prosperity in their lives. It was something that was so sought after in the Bible that one Bible character actually stole the blessing from his older brother. Very interesting story that we're going to look at in a few weeks. But today I want to trace the power of blessing through the first book of the Bible. That's the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, God began his work of creation. God created the heavens and the earth. He created the sun, the moon, the stars, sea, land, all kinds of seed-bearing plants. And then on the fifth day of creation, God created the fish and the birds. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 20... It reads, then God said, let the water swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And then verse 22 says, then God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So God stops in the middle of creation and he does something very unique when it comes to birds and fish. He blesses them in a unique way. And then on the sixth day of creation, God created humans and land animals. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, 
Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the seas, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So God made creation because he wanted something to bless. And then God made humans because he wanted someone to bless. And then God does something very interesting at the end of his work of creation. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, it says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. Now, why did God rest? You know, was God tired? You know, was it a long week? And, you know, he, he tweeted, you know, T-M-I-S, you know, thank me, it's Saturday. <laughs> Gonna go hang out with a couple of the guys. <laughs> been a long week. God doesn't get tired. Psalms 121 says he never sleeps, never gets tired. God didn't need a rest. We did. We needed the rest. God knew that we would need to rest on a regular basis. So he takes one day, sets it aside out of the week and says, this is the day. This is the day for you to rest. And God was so serious about this day of rest that verse 3 says, God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Something different about that day. That day is a day of a holy gift from God. It's a blessing. It's a little unique from the other days. And resting was such a big deal that it made God's top 10 list. Commandment number four of the Ten Commandments, says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the seventh day and set it apart as holy. You know, it's interesting that this is one of those commandments that we don't have a whole lot of problem breaking. This is one of those commandments where you know, we almost go, you know, it's almost a virtue if you break it. You know, maybe it shows that you're a really hard worker. You got a strong work ethic if you break this commandment. And I'm not sure why we do that. I know I struggle with it. I know I'm often tempted to keep working in moments that God says, hey, it's time for you to rest. But God set aside one day, one day for us to slow down and rest. It's a blessing. It's a gift from God. So I got to ask you, are you resting enough? Do you have a day? I don't think it has to be Sunday. Do you have a day that you set aside and say, this is the day? I'm not doing my normal work pattern. I'm just on this day. I'm going to rest and enjoy this blessing that God has given me. Or have you convinced yourself 
that you just cannot afford to take any time off. There's just way too much out there that you have to do. You've got to work. You've got to stay ahead. You've got to earn. You've got to whatever. And have you convinced yourself that you have to work seven days a week? I talk to people all the time that have convinced themselves of that. And they're tired. They're exhausted. They're burnt out. I mean, they're not sure how much longer they can keep going, and yet they continue to ignore this gift that God has given all of us, a day of rest. You know, it's interesting when you think about creation and God creating Adam and Eve, he didn't give them the gift of rest after they had earned it. You know, it wasn't like at the end of a long work week, you know, naming the animals, taking care of the garden, you know, hey, let's take some time off. You've earned it. Good, good job. Here's your first paycheck. Enjoy a day off. Now, their first full experience on planet Earth was waking up into a world that was created for them. And God said, listen, your first full day of experiencing this planet will be a day of rest. Will you see what I have done, not what you have done? And you can just enjoy and rest in this amazing gift that I have given you. Now, the gift of rest, this blessing that we're talking about for, for just a moment, is just one example of the many gifts that God has given us. There are many blessings, again, that we often overlook. So we're just using that as an example this morning to explore this deeper truth. And the deeper truth is this. God wants to bless you. And pause for just a moment for that, because I think there's probably some different reactions to that. I'm going to say it again. God wants to bless you. Some of the reactions that might be going on in your mind right now, one might be disbelief, where you say, you know, I just don't know if I believe that. Maybe you feel like you've done way too many bad things in your life for God to ever do anything good for you. Maybe you struggle with that. Like, God, you, you, just, you probably wouldn't do something like that for me. Or maybe you look around your world and you say, you know what, I don't see a whole lot of blessings. I see a lot of pain and sorrow. So God, if if that's true, if you really want to do that, I just don't see it in my life. Well, listen to what God says in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So God's plans for you, they're good plans. And the future that God sees for you, it's an amazing future. And you may be having a hard time believing that right now, looking at your situation, your scenario that you're in, but it's true that God wants to bless you. Now, I can't explain why bad stuff happens in your life. I can't explain why bad stuff happens in my life. You know, there are moments that we make boneheaded decisions, and that ends up bringing a painful consequence into our world. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands to show examples of that, but I'll raise mine first. All right? Proverbs 19.3 says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they are angry at the Lord. I mean, that's us, isn't it? I'm like, we make a wrong turn down a path, and many times we know it's a wrong turn, and something bad happens in our world, and then we're mad at God. God, why didn't you make me not make that decision? God goes, I gave that one to you. Like I told you in the Bible, that's probably not wise, and you did it anyway. So there's many times that we make bad decisions and end up in a bad place because of just some dumb thing that we've decided to do. But other times, pain comes into our world 
because of some dumb thing somebody else decided to do. It wasn't your fault. Somebody else made a boneheaded decision and you're drugged down the road with them. There can be any number of reasons why we experience pain and suffering in this world, but regardless of how or why that pain has come into your life, God has a great plan for you. A great plan. It's an amazing future. God wants to bless you. If you feel like you've done too many bad things for God to bless you, Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible, says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Our past can't. Our fears can't. Our worries can't. Our mistakes can't. Our failures can't. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing can stop God from blessing you. In fact, thousands of years ago, God set into motion plans for you and I to be blessed today. It's an amazing story that we're going to take a quick look at today. Over in Genesis chapter 12, God chose one man to bless so that he could bless us today. In verse 1 of Genesis 12, God said to a man named Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you and I will make you into a great nation. Now, there's a problem here at this point in the story because Abram was about 75 and he didn't have any kids. Wasn't looking good for him to have kids. His wife was beyond childbearing age, what the Bible says. So it wasn't looking really good. So a child would be a direct blessing from God. And God continued, I will bless you and make you famous. I'm just curious. Abram later becomes Abraham. Anybody ever heard of Abraham before? Like before you came in here today and heard me say, Abraham, did you hear of him before? All right, a few of you. So God has fulfilled his promise to make him famous. You'll be a blessing to others. Verse three says, I will bless those who bless you. I get this one. I mean, I love this verse. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. It's an amazing blessing from God. It would be an amazing thing to have directly given to to each one of us where God says, listen, anybody who treats you well, I'm going to treat them well. Anybody who treats you poorly, guess what? I'm going to send a curse on them. Kind of a cool thing to like have like, you know, put on a t-shirt that you walk around, you know, school with or maybe work with. You know that when you were in sixth grade, that kid that made fun of you for, for showing up at school with a pimple on your face? I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if the next day they showed up with like 100 pimples on their face, you know, suffering the curse of God? Not that I have any unresolved sixth grade childhood issues or anything like that. It was such a corny joke that I woke up this morning with a big pimple right on my forehead. I'm like, okay, God, so I should not use that joke this morning? All right, how about this? Wouldn't this be cool? So you know that person at work that doesn't really like you and you don't really like them? Like they maybe like to rub stuff in your face. Like maybe they got a promotion, you know, before you did. Maybe they got better sales than you did this past month. Or maybe they get a little bit more recognition from the boss than you do. Wouldn't it be awesome if God gave you a little bit of his power and said like, hey, how about this? How about you can just like extend the curse onto them? How about like you could make them look really foolish in front of everybody else at work as a part of my curse because they treated you poorly? Kind of like this. 
Okay, so that would be amazing, wouldn't it? But we are not supposed to fantasize about revenge. So like, get that out of your brain, you know, tomorrow at work, that's just not going to happen for you. So it's not cool. All right, but that is one amazing blessing that God gave Abram. Then he continued by saying, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So God singled out one man, Abraham, so he could bless the entire world. That includes us. Do you know why that we should support the nation of Israel? Because God said in Genesis 12, I will bless those who bless Abraham and his descendants, and I will curse those who stand against Abraham and his descendants. That's why. It's God's promise, God's blessing. That's why we should stand with Israel. Those who stand against Israel don't realize that they're fighting against God himself. And God didn't pick Abraham and his descendants so the rest of the world could be jealous. God picked Abraham and his descendants so he could use them to funnel his blessings to us. The most significant blessing that we get through Abraham and his descendants is the gift of Jesus. The perfect God who became perfect man lived a sinless life, and died for you and I. If you think about what Jesus did on the cross, he died a horrible death so you and I wouldn't have to. He died a horrible death taking on our sin so we could be restored with the God who loves us deeply. Jesus passed on an incredible blessing to us. That blessing of Jesus will far outlast any other blessing that we could ever get. It's way more valuable than winning the lottery. Way more valuable. It lasts forever. And if that's all that God would have ever done for us is to give us Jesus, I honestly believe that one millisecond in the presence of God, all of us would say it was enough. It was worth it. It was enough. If our 80, 90 years, whatever we're given on this earth was just a horrible experience, and then we stood in the presence of God and received the blessing of eternity in a relationship with him, I think we'd all say, it's worth it. But the cool thing is, God doesn't stop at that. It's not all that he gave us. He's given us many blessings on a regular basis that impact our lives in some big ways. So God blessed Abraham So Abraham could bless us, and God has blessed us so we can bless others. I think another reaction to the truth that God wants to bless us just might be this. There might be a few of you saying, okay, God, if you want to bless me, that's great because I want to be blessed. It's kind of a cool thing we got going on here. I'm desperate for a blessing. Bring it on, God. Bring on your blessings to me. Now, this is where we have to be careful with that perspective, and we have to be careful with God's blessings. You see, we have a tendency to accumulate blessings and to hold on to them for ourselves, acting like they're just for us. In Genesis chapter 4, we see an example of that with Adam and Eve's first children, Cain and Abel. Cain was a farmer, and Abel was a shepherd. And God had blessed them. And so there's this one moment where they say, you know what, we want to thank God back for the blessings that he has given us. And so they go about giving God back a blessing. In verse three, 
It says, when it was time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of his firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel in his gift, but he did not accept Cain in his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Now, notice what Abel did that was different than Cain. Abel brought the best of his flocks to God. So God, you've blessed me with these. So he like looked at his flock, and he chose the best and said, God, these are yours. I'm giving them back. Cain didn't do that. Cain looked at his produce. He went through his produce and went, wow, really nice. For me, pretty good. I'll give that to God. For me, awesome. I'm going to keep that one. And it's decent. One little blemish. God won't mind. God, you can have this. So Cain wanted to hoard and hold on to God's best blessings and then just give back God some good stuff to say thanks. It's amazing. Here we have in one moment, Cain realizes that what he has has come from God. He realizes that that's why he's giving a blessing back to God. In the exact same moment, he says, I want to hold on to it for myself. I want to hold the best for me. I'm not going to give it away. And there are many things that we do that are just like that. Many times that we hold on to blessings, things that we don't want to give away. It may be a gift that we've been given from God that we wouldn't get any other way. Maybe a relationship that you enjoy. It might be a job that you're blessed with, money that you have, money that you were able to make or, or you were given. Any number of blessings that come our way and we are often tempted to hold on to those things. Not pass them on to somebody else who might be in need around us, but just to kind of hoard them like Cain did. And I wish that I could say as a pastor that I never struggle with that. I wish that I could say, you know what, when God blesses me, I just quickly pass it on to somebody else around me. But I struggle with passing God's blessings on as well in my own life. About a year ago, someone was compelled to give my wife and I a little bit of money. And it was a blessing straight from God. I mean, we didn't do anything to earn that. Just someone, their compassion in their heart. They gave us a little bit of money, and it, was, it came at a perfect time for us to help pay off some medical bills, and, and it was fantastic. Now, here's what you need to know. When it comes to money, my wife and I have made a commitment that we're going to give 10% of any money that we're given, any increase that we have in our family financially, we give 10% of that away. So what that looks like for us is when we get paid, 10% of that from the top, we cut, it, cut out a check, and we write that back to Epic Church. Uh, we also support some children around the world that are in need through an organization called World Vision. Uh, when we are given any extra money or if we have a chance to make any extra money in any capacity, we take 10% of that and we give it away. Now, here's where the problem came in when that money came in. I wanted to hold on to it. I didn't want to give that 10% away. You know, I, I had this argument with God. God, I, I could use that. I mean, we have some more medical bills coming. I mean, I could really use that money to pay off some of those bills. I, and I could use it for, you know, a rainy day. Let's just leave it in the, the bank for, in case something else goes wrong. And, you know, some bad stuff started happening inside of me as I was holding on to that money. Here's what I noticed. The longer I held on to it, the more it became mine. Just this gift from God out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, I'm holding on to it going, now this is mine. I want to hold on to this. God said, this is not yours. 
I gave that to you, so give it away. And so what I did to fight against that is I wrote some checks. And I said, we got to get rid of this. It's got to get out of here. I wrote some checks. And I am so glad that I did that. That's the way to fight against greed. That's the way to fight against selfishness is to give. And that's why I think God says, I want you to give. Be a generous giver. And that'll help you fight against that darkness inside of your heart that says, I want to hold on to. I want to hoard something that, that you have given me. When we hoard God's blessings, our hearts start to grow dark. And this Cain and Abel story, Cain was so possessive of the best that he had. He was so jealous of Abel and the blessing that God had given him that he ended up killing his brother. He murdered his brother. First murder recorded in the Bible happened because someone wanted to hold on and hoard a blessing from God. God's blessings were never meant to be held on to. God's blessings were meant to be shared with people around us. So let me ask, what are you doing with the blessings that God has given you? The blessings that you have in your life right now, what are you doing with them? Are you holding on to them, trying to accumulate and control all that you can, thinking that it's going to protect you in some way? Or are you sharing those blessings with people around you? I just want to consider Jesus for for just a moment and imagine all that would not be possible in our lives if Jesus would have held on to God the Father's blessings. Just think for a moment. Jesus never would have came to planet Earth. He never would have taken the sin of the world on his shoulders. He never would have died for you and me. He would have left us stuck in our sin without a way to be made right with God the Father, where we could live for all of eternity. But here's what Jesus did. He refused to hold on to God the Father's blessings. He came to earth and said, listen, I am going to pour out God's blessings on you to the point that I die doing it. I'm so passionate about these blessings being shared with you that I will die in the process so that you can have something that can never be taken away from you. And if you're a Christ follower, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, that's what God wants for all of us, is to live our lives the way Jesus lived and to treat people the way Jesus treated people, to interact with God's blessings the way Jesus interacted with God's blessings, with a desire to share with everyone around. Now, as we were starting Epic, we spent a lot of time looking at the life of Jesus, and we wanted to learn from him, like, what are things that Jesus did on a regular basis that we, as Christ followers, that we as a church should be doing on a consistent basis? There were five things that came to the surface for us, five things that we call living the 5G life. This is like following Jesus, doing what Jesus would do. So we noticed Jesus... Um, doing these five things. I'm going to go through them real quick. So God, grow, gather, give, go. These are five things we saw Jesus do on a consistent basis. Number one, God. He talked to God and listened to God on a daily basis. It's something that we should do. We should talk to God. And most of us are pretty good at the talking part. Not that great at the listening part. You know, I mean, we talk to God, you know, often. You, you know, many of us do. Some of us are weirded out about that concept, like talk to God, how do you do that? I mean, that's weird, that's called prayer, like, ugh. The Bible says we should pray without ceasing. It's just a conversation between two friends. 
conversation between a loving father who's created us. So we need to learn how to do that. Talk to God and listen to him on a daily basis. Number two, we need to learn how to grow by applying what we're reading in the Bible. So how do we learn to be like Jesus? It's in the Bible. Like we need to read the Bible. That's our document for Christianity. That's God's thoughts captured in print for us. If you want to know what God wants you to do, there's probably an answer in the Bible. There may not be an answer for every scenario, but there are values and principles that God wants us to live by found in the Bible. If you want to learn to be more like Jesus, it's in the Bible. And that should be the goal for all of us is to learn to be more like Jesus. So we can't just learn Bible knowledge. We have to apply Bible information. That's how we are transformed to look more like Jesus. Now, the third thing is to gather. Jesus gathered with his 12 disciples for three and a half years. And then he sent them out and said, listen, I want you to go do the same thing. Transform the world. And we should gather with a small group of Christ followers who can encourage us, hold us accountable, cheer us on as we run this race that God has before us. And there's some opportunities for you today. It's a great day for you to get plugged into our small group environments. Tim will talk to you more about that in a few minutes. Now, the fourth G is give. Give of your time, talents, and resources. This is where God says, listen, I'm giving to you so you can give away to somebody else. Don't hold on to them. Just give of the talents that you have. I've given each one of you talents. Give of the time that you have. I've given everybody the same amount of time. I want you to give some of that away. And resources. I want you not to hold on to that stuff, but I want you to share that with others. The fifth G is go. Go everywhere and tell people about Jesus with your life and your words. So that means live a life that looks like Jesus and then actually use your words and tell people about Jesus at work, at school, or at home. Now, here's where the five G's fits in to the power of blessing. On October the 13th, we're going to have what we're calling 3G Sunday. So we're going to take three of those five G's and we're going to put them to work as a church. You notice I'm wearing a 3G shirt up here this morning. You'll see a few others of us wearing that. On October the 13th, we are going to go into our community and we are going to bless them. So we're going to gather that Sunday morning. We're not going to have our typical Sunday morning service, but we're going to gather for a very short time of encouragement and instruction. Then we are going to go into our community And we are going to give of what God has given us. We've got all kinds of service projects that we're going to be doing throughout our county. On that Sunday, we have about 11 projects, from what I understand, that we'll be doing together. We have a habitat build that we're going to be working on. We've got home construction projects. I think there's three or four of those that we'll be doing. We'll be serving seniors at a local nursing home, serving young moms through our local pregnancy center, serving students and staff uh, through one of our schools, and serving hungry families through Grace Community Food Pantry. And we have several more opportunities as well. Now, our goal is for everyone connected with our church family to be involved. Like if this is your church home or if it's not your church home, you want to hang out with us on that Sunday, I hope that you will. We want everybody to be involved in what we're doing on that Sunday, to give back to our community. God has blessed us as a church, and he wants us to pass those blessings onto other people. So put October the 13th, that Sunday, on your calendar, and I hope that you'll join us as we go out and bless our community. Now, until October the 13th, here's my uh, thing that I want to ask you to do this week. This week, I want you to begin a conversation with God every morning that goes like this. God, who do you want me to bless today? As I go to work, as I go to school, as I go out throughout my day, who do you want me to bless and how do you want me to bless them? Like, what do you want me to do? 
Is it a listening ear? Is it encouraging words? Do you want me to do something nice for someone at work? Do you want me to give some money away to someone? God, who do you want me to bless? And how do you want me to bless them? Now, I hope you'll come back next week because next week we're going to start looking at some very specific ways that God wants us to bless people around us. So let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity again that we've had this morning to learn more about this power of blessing and and realize, God, that you are a God who blesses. That's just what you do. It's your nature. Like You can't not do that. You just bless on a regular basis. And God, often we overlook your blessings and we underestimate them and we don't see their incredible value. So Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to all the blessings that you have given each and every one of us. I pray that we would be transformed by those blessings. And Lord, I pray that we would share those blessings. You've blessed us so we can bless others. Your blessings are never meant to be held onto. So Lord, I pray that we would be conduits to share your blessing with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's awesome. I'm looking really forward to this series as we examine what a blessing is. And um, I just have several announcements for you before we take off for today. As Trent was mentioning, 3G, uh, 3G Sunday is coming up on October 13th. And we really want to encourage you to check out the website, theepicchurch.com backslash epic3g. There is all the activities or all the projects that we will be doing. Like Trent said, there is 11 of them from construction projects to painting to helping out with the school and everything. There's limited spots for each of those projects. Uh, Some of them are smaller, some of them are larger. And so please go check out those projects and sign up online for those projects. It's kind of a first come, first serve on those things as well. And then there's plenty of projects for everyone as well, Uh, but some of them are smaller than others. So please check those out. Uh, It's going to be a great way to serve together on that day as we do church a little bit differently. We go out into our community and we serve together and be a blessing to others and bring hope to them as well. And then uh, today is our starting point and next step intro. So if you've been looking forward to jumping into our group environments, uh, right after the service, we are having our starting point, next step intro in the teacher's lounge right over here uh, beyond those curtains. So if you have children, go ahead and get your children and then bring them to the intro meeting over here for starting point and next step. Uh, it'll start in about five minutes after the service. And then if you've been through those environments, there's a card on your seat. Um, if you would join us for group link tonight at Palm Coast Community Church, if you would like to get into one of our community groups for men, women, or couples, uh, you can do that this evening at six o'clock at Palm Coast Community Church. It's going to be a great time to be able to connect with people and for you to find a group that you would like to get involved with. And we'll have food and we'll have some laughs as well. Uh, during that uh, as well. And then Trent, as Trent said, um, if you stand to go to the restroom, uh, please see Tim in the back uh, for Promise Keepers as that is coming up on October 25th and 26th uh, for uh, Promise Keepers. It's going to be a great time together as well. And then thank you guys so much uh, for what you've been doing for our food drive this month for September. There's been tons of bags that you guys have been bringing in. So if you haven't filled up your bag, please fill up those bags, bring them back this month during September. If you didn't get a bag, uh, there's tons of bags over there that you can pick up and then just load them up as we're partnering with Grace Community Food Pantry and helping them to restock their shelves. So please grab one of those bags as well. And then thank you so much for just who you guys are, that you give all the time. And so if you call Epic your home, there's two ways that you can give. You can give through the giving boxes located at the back of each section or online at theepicchurch.com as well. 
And then if you are new today, we are so glad that you're here with us today. And if you would... Hello. Is this thing on? Hey, do me a huge favor, just stop talking for like one second. And listen. Now, if this were the bald guy, I wouldn't be too concerned, but it's the guy with the glasses, and sometimes he's like, I forget things. I know you're doing a fabulous job with the announcements right now. You got starting point, group link, food drives, women of faith, promise keepers, all good stuff, fabulous stuff, but I'm a little concerned. I wanna make sure that you don't forget this one particular announcement that I really wanted to hear this morning. Everybody needs to hear it. It's important. I'm just helping you out. Please don't be offended. I just wanna make sure that you don't forget this one announcement. This is big, big, huge, ginormous, tremendous. Have I mentioned it's big? Big news. You are not going to wanna miss this. On September 28th, I believe that's a Saturday. It's Saturday, Saturday. We've got our volunteer kickoff. It's the start of our serving year here at Epic Church. So if you're thinking about serving, if you are serving, if you love serving, if you can spell serving, if you want to hear me stop saying serving, then this kickoff is for you. Tim's got all the details and everything, but I will say this. The theme will be vision. 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 Wasn't that a great effect? So make sure you mark your calendar September 28th and be there. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt anything important like the rest of the announcements. We now return you to your regularly scheduled, did I just say regularly? Regularly scheduled announcements. Back to you, Tim. Thanks for watching. I appreciate that, yeah, you can clap, so. Yes, I almost forgot that announcement. On September 28th, we are having our volunteer kickoff event, and so you won't want to miss that. If you're thinking about volunteering, if you are volunteering, um, if you're in the process of volunteering, uh, we would love for you to come out to that event right here at Buddy Taylor Middle School on September 28th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. It's going to be a great time together as we just cast vision to what's going on here and with Epic uh, for this next school year as well. And so, as I was saying before I got interrupted, if you are new with us today, we're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, would you please stop by our Connection Center if you would like more information about Epic Church uh, or have any questions? Uh, there are people who will help you back there and help you uh, to find the answers to those questions as well. Um, thank you guys so much for being here today. On your way out, please say hi to somebody that you don't know and have a great Sunday.